people don't realize how much of an effect they have on their families and their friends and just their just the world around them, their immediate world. Um, I think that was the kind of guy he was. On tonight's KRBD Evening Report, Metlakantla remembers Carver Wayne Hewson, who died unexpectedly last week. Plus, we hear from more candidates for Ketchikan City Council and School Board. All that and more coming up. First, let's take a look at the weather. Rain that may be heavy at times tonight with lows around 60 southeast winds to 15 miles an hour. On Tuesday, scattered rain showers with highs in the mid-60s southeast winds to 10 miles an hour. On Tuesday night, scattered rain showers with lows in the mid-50s and light winds. On Wednesday, just a chance of rain showers, highs in the mid-60s, northwest winds to 10 miles an hour. And Wednesday night, mostly cloudy, lows in the mid-50s, and northwest winds to 10 miles an hour. You're listening to the KRBD Evening Report. I'm your host, Eric Stone. A Metlakantla carver best known for his poles in Metlakantla and at Ketchikan's Rainforest Sanctuary died unexpectedly last week. Friends and family of Wayne Hewson remember him as a mentor, a culture bearer, and a fixture of life in Metlakantla. KRBD's Reagan Miller reports. When things were good, they were groovy. And when something was cool, it was far out. That's according to Wayne Hewson's friends and family who chuckle, remembering his favorite 70s slang that he held on to over the years. The 69-year-old father of two was a respected carver who lived in Metlakatla with his wife, Tony, and two sons, David and Daniel. He was in a rock and roll band in high school and later a longtime member of the fourth generation dance group. He was a really uh, uh, open and kind man. Um, He was soft-spoken. He was uh, really dedicated to his family. That's David A. Boxley, a Simshian master artist and close friend and mentor of Hewson. Boxley worked on six poles with Hewson, including Hewson's first pole, raised in 1994 at Metlakatla Senior Center. He remembers Hewson as humble, talented, and proud of the cultural revival work he did through the fourth generation group. People don't realize how much of an effect they have on their families and their friends and just their just the world around them, their immediate world. Um, I think that was the kind of guy he was. He was also an inspiration for Boxley's son, David R. Boxley. To me, he was Uncle Wayne. The younger Boxley remembers how Hewson loved to play music. He was well known for his affinity for rock and roll. His instruments of choice were the drums and guitar. But also, you know, would surprise you uh, and pick up a guitar and just play some beautiful picked, you know, song, just something really pretty and had a, he had a beautiful singing voice. He says Hewson was a man devoted to his family. Boy, he loved his wife and... They were very close. She was with him on a lot of his pole projects, helped him paint, and um, just, yeah, just just uh, they were together. I think forty-five years, and um, yeah, real real love story. Those two. William Bolton met Houston through the fourth generation group. Chuckling, he joked that he always thought Houston was a little odd. Odd in the way, I guess, that he was uh, friendly and he didn't tease like most people do here in Metlakatla. Bolton worked with Houston on a few projects over the years. He remembers Houston as a mentor who was always generous with his time and expertise. I think the, the biggest thing is that he he was always willing to give people advice, and and he never did it in a way that that could be taken as mean or attacking anybody. Just that he was willing to share his knowledge that he had and didn't judge anybody for not knowing something. In the days since Hewson's death, Bolton says he's been reflecting on what the man taught him about carving. And he showed me that other carvers aren't 
uh, my competition that, you know, you could always learn something from somebody. Clifton Guthrie says that Hewson was someone he looked up to growing up in Metlakatla. Guthrie says if it wasn't for Hewson, he might never have completed his first solo pole. He recalls how Hewson calmed his nerves ahead of the pole raising. As a carver, I was worried about, like, the whole, you're having guys lift it, carry it, raise it with ropes, and and he's the one in charge. And, and he made, you know, he made a point to put his hand on my shoulder and say, uh, your job is done now. He says Houston oversaw the whole event and attended the celebration held afterward. Guthrie decided that as payment, he would give Houston fresh deer and fish whenever he had it. Guthrie says he's keeping up that deal with Houston's wife, Tony. Most of all, Guthrie remembers Houston as a generous man who always made time for those close to him. He made me feel like, like we had been friends forever. A viewing was held in Ketchikan on Monday. A public celebration of life is set for September 5th in Metlakatla. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller. After a surge of candidates entered municipal races in the last few days of the filing period, every race on the Ketchikan Municipal Ballot will be competitive this October. Here's an update on the most recent entrance into the race. There are seven seats up for election across Ketchikan's City Council, Borough Assembly, and Board of Education, plus the job of Borough Mayor, and there is plenty of competition. On the city side, there are two full three-year City Council seats up for grabs. One of the newcomers seeking that seat is Amy Williams. She's a nurse at Ketchikan's Pioneer Home who also runs her own art business. She says she's called Ketchikan home for the past six years and is hoping to spur economic activity as the cruise industry recovers from the pandemic. What's motivated me to run has been just seeing the challenges that are facing um, local business owners um, moving forward, especially post-COVID, and with the changes just post-COVID, everything that they're challenged with in terms of um, maintaining their businesses, their livelihoods. She says the city has, for the most part, done a pretty good job navigating the pandemic and the associated economic downturn, but she says the city needs to find a way to tackle homelessness. She pitches herself as a trustworthy, independent voice without strong ties to any particular organization or point of view. Jamie King, also in the race for a three-year seat on the Ketchikan City Council, says she's lived in Ketchikan for most of her life, save for a stint in the Navy's construction battalion and some time as an exchange student in Sweden. These days, she's an administrative assistant for the Ketchikan Borough Transit Department. She says she thinks a seat on the city council would be an interesting job and a way to serve the community. She says she doesn't have her eye on any particular key issues, but she says she wants to help shape Ketchikan's future. The future should look like a riot of ideas and things to do and new businesses and opportunities while really looking at what works for Ketchikan. She says she's relatively satisfied with the city council's recent work. She said she couldn't name an issue she would have decided differently. She says she's a hard worker who is ready to serve. Taxi driver Kevin Kristovich, also in the race, says he's not satisfied with the council's recent work. He says he opposes their recent decision to raise sales taxes during the summer to capitalize on visitor traffic and then cut them in the winter. He says he would have preferred to place the tax burden more squarely on visitors instead. And he says he's looking for solutions to Ketchikan's housing crisis. He suggested taxing vacant homes and apartments to encourage landlords to rent to locals. He also says Ketchikan's city government should not expand its downtown port. He says with four downtown berths and two north of town, it already feels too crowded and congested when cruise ships are in town. As my father would, had said, he goes, they're trying to make a booming metropolis out of this little whistle-stop town. And that's exactly what happened. Kristovich says he's lived in Ketchikan for almost all his life, though he says he's sometimes moved away during the winter months. 
Kristovich, King, and Williams join incumbents Lillette Kistler and Mark Flora and newcomer Dion Booth in the race. All three of the candidates running for the lone one-year term on the city council filed in the last few days of the filing period. Sport fishing guide Jack Finnegan says he lived in Ketchikan for about a decade. He says he's especially interested in addressing Ketchikan's housing shortage. He says it's clear there are no easy solutions, but he says he'd like to do something about the proliferation of short-term rental properties. I know it's been a, a useful source of income for a lot of people. I know there's a lot of attractions people want to come to Ketchikan and visit, but I think there's a there's a uh, an adverse an unintended trade-off if, in the pursuit of getting short-term rentals going, uh, we eliminate or uh, restrict the number of rentals that are available to people who want to live here, make this place their home, contribute to this community. Fedigan says he's always open to hearing new and different points of view, even from people whose politics don't align with his own. He says he's a good listener and is willing to compromise to get things done. Christopher Cummings, also running for the one-year seat, is a teacher's aide at Ketchikan Charter School. Like many of the other candidates, he says housing is a top issue that needs to be addressed. Cummings also points to mental health as a top issue and says the city should partner with other organizations to improve treatment in Ketchikan. I've experienced what it's like to be in like a mental health crisis and get sent out of town to try to get better from, you know, like breaking down. Because we don't have anything to offer people here. We can only help them for a couple of days, and then we've got to send them out. We're kind of setting a really vulnerable population up for failure, I feel like. He says he's also interested in limiting the impact of tourism on residents. Cummings pitches himself as an unconventional candidate, unlike most others on the council. Also on the ballot will be Dave Timmerman. He entered the race last week hoping to leverage his experience working for Ketchikan's Port and Harbors Department. But Timmerman said he would end his campaign after KRBD published an investigation into his criminal history and other past behavior. That includes violating a restraining order connected to his relationship with an 18-year-old woman he had supervised the prior summer. Timmerman was 46 at the time. As of Monday afternoon, Timmerman had sent an email telling the city clerk that he intended to withdraw, but he had not yet signed the necessary paperwork to officially end his campaign, according to the clerk. Even if he withdraws, his name will appear on the ballot, though votes for him would not be counted, according to the clerk. The field of school board candidates doubled in the last couple of days of the filing period to four, with some new entries into the race. Ginger Yeish Atu McCormick says she'd like the school district to bolster its science, tech, engineering, and math education in an effort to better prepare students for college. I'm running for the school board because I'm very passionate about transition, whether it's elementary school to middle school to high school, but my uh, main focus is in high school to higher education, whether it's a trade school or a university, even a community college. She says she'd especially like the school district to implement a running start program as for students can graduate with both their high school diploma and an associate's degree. McCormick is currently a community navigator with the Central Council of Clinket and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska, connecting tribal citizens with resources. She says she was born and raised in Ketchikan just like her parents and grandparents. Rob Arnold is a chief purser for the state ferry system who's running for the school board as well. He says he'd like to improve teacher retention and student graduation rates. You know, they're just begging for teachers and aides and all that kind of stuff. So I'm wondering what's going on. So, um, and that's the other thing. I, I think um, there's a lot of politics in school now, and that's one of my things is to keep politics out of the classroom and let the kids learn. He says that means he's opposed to things like mask mandates and school closures. He says more needs to be done to understand why it's difficult to recruit and retain teachers. 
Arnold also says he'd like to expand Ketchikan's vocational education to teach students how to work in trades like carpentry, plumbing, and electrical work. Arnold and McCormick joined Melissa O'Brien and Tom Hewitt in the race for two school board seats. Local elections are October 4th. KRBD is holding live call-in forums with the candidates for school board, city council, borough assembly, and borough mayor next month. We've got the schedule posted with this story at krbd.org. There you can also hear from the candidates who announced their runs for office earlier in the month. That's all for tonight's edition of the KRBD Evening Report. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can get this show as a podcast on your favorite podcast app or on your smart speaker by asking it to play the KRBD Evening Report. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm Eric Stone.